In today's show, we look ahead to Wednesday in the NBA. There are 10 games on. We're going to look at who's in, who's out, streaming options, and we're going to look at Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's prizepix.com and the promo code is Locked On. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Wednesday, 10 games on. Interesting day. You might be able to stream. You might not. Just check out your team, whether that makes sense. You are going to go through everything that is going on. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> okay. First game. Bulls, Pacers. Pacers, because of the st- sorry state of the Bulls, are two-point favorites. In this one, we know that DeMar DeRozan is out with that hip issue. They haven't ruled him out exactly. Um, for that Thursday game on the back-to-back, I'd be pretty surprised if he played in it. But at this point, all we know, he's out on Wednesday. They've also ruled Derek Jones out with a groin issue. Javante Green is out with a knee problem. And Lonzo Ball, of course, is non-existent at this stage. On the oh, Alex Crusoe, also uh, questionable with that foot issue. He missed the last game. So, yeah, yeah his value is very, very intriguing here because without DeRozan, you expect him to step up. But he might not even play. On the paces, Miles Turner missed the last game with a back problem. He is listed questionable, while Daniel Tice missed last... Well, he just actually started last game, and now he's questionable with a thumb sprain. be a real shame if he wasn't able to play uh, with a thumb injury, so we'll see how that all pans out. On the Bulls, we do want to watch Pat Williams, because theoretically, there's an opportunity here for him. No DeRozan means more shots, but in the past, we have seen him play without DeMar DeRozan, and he does nothing. So is this the time that we invest? The things that are going in his favor here is that he's a player. He's going to play minutes. He's going to start. They play three games in four nights, and DeRozan is out for at least one of them. So maybe. I'm not excited about Patrick Williams. I don't think I'll ever get excited about Patrick Williams. But if I'm ever going to have a chance or have a take a shot at him, it's now with this extra opportunity and the schedule favoring him. I also want to watch, which doesn't really impact fantasy much, but Dale and Terry, they picked him in the first round. He doesn't play ever, but with no DeRozan, maybe no Caruso, definitely no Jones, no Green, no Ball, surely he has to play. He was a weird prospect coming out of college, a very, very low usage point guard who's not really a point guard. He's wing-sized. I don't know. I don't know where he fits in the NBA. I don't know what the hell he does. I'd like to at least see him play some meaningful rotation minutes, and this might be the opportunity to see it. For the Pacers, I do want to watch Isaiah Jackson. Once again, he blocked a million shots coming in as the backup behind Daniel Tice. Again, what a stupid phrase that is. He played more minutes than Tice, but both Turner and Tice are questionable. I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a flyer on Jackson and streaming to see if one of those guys are out, he is going to play. And if both of them are out, he might play 30 minutes. Would also bring sticks into the mix if both of them are out, but there is a chance that two centers are out 
and Jackson gets a good opportunity. I also want to watch Jordan Wara, not because I particularly enjoy Jordan Wara playing, but how his role impacts TJ McConnell, what it means for Chris Duarte, who is out of the rotation. Are they just going to move those guys back and forward? What it doesn't mean for Andrew Nempard, whose minutes have dropped way off lately. Um, none of these guys are 12 or probably even 14-team league players, but watching how the impact of Nwora and George Hill, um, what it means for this team, is something that we do need to pay attention to. The Spurs and the Hornets is the second game. The Hornets are six-point favorites here on San Antonio's side. We've got Romeo Langford, who's likely going to be out. Devin Vassell will be out. Kelly Oubre will be out for Charlotte. Cody Martin is likely out as well. I don't think we should have any expectation of him playing. Um, Trey Jones missed the last game. He'd missed four games, came back, played one game, and then missed again with a foot issue. Whether he plays, I don't know. And Dougie McDirt is dealing with Achilles issue. Isaiah Roby also uh, with an ankle problem. For the Spurs, what do I want to watch? I want to watch Goldfinger, Charlie Bassey, because he has signed this contract now. He's not a two-way player anymore. He played 13 minutes on Monday. If he gets 20 minutes a night, he is a 12-team league option. I would add him in all 14-team leagues and see where it goes. Will they prioritize him behind Collins um, over guys like Jeng and Birch and Roby? Hopefully. And let's see what happens here. The, the contract they gave him wasn't crazy, but it also wasn't a minimum deal. So there is a chance here for Bassey to do something. I also want to watch Devontae Graham. He played 29 minutes last game. And if Trey Jones is out, he's worth streaming. But I don't expect he's going to be a 30-minute-a-night player every single night, which makes him hard to invest in long-term. For the Hornets, Gordon Haywood turned it up last game with no Martin, no Ubre, no McDaniels. He's got an opportunity to put up some good numbers. So he is worth having for now. And then I also want to watch Dennis Smith, who's benefiting from the absences of Ubre and Martin. Smith has played 20-plus minutes in nine or eight consecutive games. And that's enough for him to have at least streaming appeal for us. Not must roster, but some streaming appeal. Cavs and Sixers. The Sixers are three-point favorites in this game. At this point, nobody has been ruled out, and the only person who's questionable is Embiid. PJ Tucker's probable um, after leaving last game with a uh, with a calf tightness issue. And on Cleveland, it's just Danny Green, whether he is going to be able to play or not. Um, after signing that contract to come in there. So we, we don't know about him. I'm just getting an, an update on the Spurs. They have ruled Isaiah Roby out. There you go. So did, did they rule Trey Jones out? Yes, they did. So Trey Jones has just been ruled out for tomorrow. So Devontae Graham does move up and Malachi Branham move up in your streaming hierarchies. Back to the Cavs and the Sixers. I want to see what they do with Dean Wade because they just didn't really play him last game. And as I speculated, is this because they're waiting for Danny Green to come in and take the minutes? Wade, who'd been playing 26 minutes a night, played 11 and 6 the last two games. And Osman, who'd been playing 20 minutes a night, played 14 and 11. What does this mean? Where are they going with those minutes? Isaac Okoro played 37 last game. Now, he wasn't a 12-team league guy, and he probably never is. But he can be a stream option. He's at least a deeper league player. But watching those minutes between Levert, Okoro, Wade, Osman, and Rubio, who played 23 minutes season high last game, is something for us to pay attention to. On the sixes, it's DeAnthony Melton. I think he's jackable. I don't, it's really hard to view him as a must-roster player with the way the minutes are and the addition of Jalen McDaniels. If Embiid is out, then sure, we can look at Melton, but I don't think he's worth holding at this point. I also want to watch the Thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Featured him on the Buy Low, Sell High show earlier today and showed how poor he was performing. The numbers are, are terrible. I think they're going to improve from there, but is he top 80 or top 100 or top 120? I think it's probably more towards the back end of that. So seeing how he looks, the usage, the shooting, even the playing time, to be honest, because if he struggles, they can just put McDaniels in there. And they do have a ready-made replacement there for him in case these struggles continue. The Knicks and the Hawks. 
That's the next game for us to look at. The Hawks are three-point favorites. We know Mitchie Robinson's going to be out. RJ Barrett left the last game early. I don't know if there's... Or not, didn't leave the last game early, sorry. He had some injury in that game. He, I think he was able to return. Anyway, there's a chance that he might have to miss some time. So let's watch that one. I don't think he will, but we watch that one. Um, and then Johnny Collins missed the last game for the Hawks with a hip issue. He's officially questionable, and DeAndre Hunter is officially probable for this game. For the Knicks, Jalen Brunson was on my sell high show because he is shooting at an unbelievable level from three, from two. He's getting a million free throws. Let's watch to see how that is able to sustain. Probably won't, but let's watch that. And then also the minutes between Grimes, between Quickly, between Hart, how that all looks. Quickly played 28 minutes last game, but that was a game where Barrett played only 24. If Quickly plays 28 to 30, he is a 12-team league guy, but is that what's going to happen? We're going to have... Barrett played 24. I think that's pretty unlikely. And the minutes have got to come from somewhere. Plus, Hart played only 27. So does his minutes jump up? I don't think Quickly's going to remain a 12-teamer. For the Hawks, the depressed penis, Sadiq Bay Started last game in place of John Collins, but played like a backup. He played like 21 minutes in that game. And if Collins plays, I expect Bay plays 21 or 22 minutes coming off the bench, which makes him very, very hard to hold in 12. In fact, you shouldn't do it. I also want to watch Onyeka Okongwu who's just locked into this 19, 20-minute role. Now, some nights he has massive nights like he did on Monday, but I feel really not great about relying on a bloke getting 19, 20 minutes a night to maintain me top 100 numbers. It doesn't feel realistic. And for that reason, I think he's fine to hold, but our expectations there should be held a little bit in check. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy, but it's not daily fantasy that you know before. It's not daily fantasy with salary caps against going up against thousands of people. It's you versus individual player projections. So you might see Sadiq Bay seven and a half points, and you go, I think you go under. You might see Trey Young, 11 and a half assists, and you go, oh, that's high. Maybe we'll go under on that as well. You get between two to six of those individual player projections, put them together into one lineup. You can win up to six, sorry, you can win up to 25 times your entry fee back. You can do this easily in under 60 seconds. You can do it in over 30 US states. You can do it in the majority of Canada and for millions of sports. Well, not millions, but a lot of them. You know what I mean. You can do it for the NHL. You can do it for the start of Major League Baseball season, men's and women's college basketball, NASCAR, uh, PGA, boxing, MMA, and of course, the goat sport, Disc Golf. Download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. The next game. The Heat and the Nets. No spread out at this point for this game. Um, we know Lowry is out. Hero has been ruled out already. I haven't done it for a while. I'm going to do it now. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. He's out. Victor Ladipo is out. Jovic is out. Yurt7 is out. The only positive they have is Duncan Robinson has been upgraded to questionable. For the Nets, I think they're okay. I don't think there's any injuries to pay attention to on that team. No, every, even Seth Curry is good. He's off the injury report. So that's another name to add into the mix in Brooklyn. I want to watch Gabe Vincent. I think he's a 12-team league ad. I think he's going to start and play 35 minutes a night very, very comfortably with Oladipo out, with Hero out. With Lowry out, he's a clear guy to me in 12-team leagues. I also want to watch the Winter Soldier, Max Struess, because he's going to have his minutes sky high. And he is worth having for now as well, while all those players are out. I think Vincent's got way more opportunity to be good rest of season. But for now, Struess is also an option for us. On the Nets, I want to watch Cam Thomas. They obviously struggled to score last game, and Thomas is a scorer. But he gives up a lot going the other way. And now Seth Curry's back in the mix. What do they do with Thomas's minutes? 19 minutes? 25 minutes? 30 minutes? 
10 minutes? How much do they play him? Where do they play him? How do they use him? There's so many questions there. And also, Mikhail Bridges, who was really quite poor last game against the Knicks. Couldn't hit any shots, low minutes. How he continues to be used. Does he stay around the 22-23 usage? Does he push up to 26-27? These are all key questions in evaluating his rest of season value. The Pistons and the Celtics, this is a back-to-back for Boston. So they've got a lot of blokes who are going to be out. Marcus Smart will be out. I expect Jalen Brown will be out. Jason Tatum is out Tuesday. He was supposed to rest on Wednesday. I think he probably still will, to be honest. I don't think he's going to play. Horford and Rob Williams are both listed questionable for Tuesday. If they both play Tuesday, they will both sit Wednesday. So there could be a ton of players out. Also, on Detroit, Jalen Duran, he sprained his ankle last game. They said, oh, yeah, it's pretty yeah, it's pretty bad. Hey, he's off the injury report. He's not even listed. So I guess he's ready to go. And we could see Jim Wiseman returning to action or you know, making his debut for the Pistons. Marvin Bagley will be out. But what we do want to watch on Detroit is passport legend Jalen Duran. How much does Wiseman play? How much does Wiseman impact Duran? Do they play together? I wouldn't add Wiseman in 12-team leagues, but we're going to get our first look, I'm guessing, at these two on the same team and how it works. I also watched Killian Hayes, who was really quite poor the last couple of games, and old mate Dwayne Casey cut his minutes down to 21. Will they go back to the Alec Burks big minute situation? I hope not, but it is possible. I think Hayes is still worth having in 12s, but you've got to be willing to punt field goal percentage. I don't think there's too much of a secret in that. The Rockets and the Thunder. I feel like these teams have played each other like three times in the last three weeks. The Thunder are nine-point favorites. Kevin Porter is out. Pokashevsky is out, while Eugene Omarui is questionable for the Thunder. On the Houston side of things, I want to watch KJ Martin. I want to see if he can just develop a little bit of something extra for category leagues. I still think he's a 12-team league guy, but he's got some issues with free throw percentage in particular. I also want to watch Ty Ty Washington, who seems to have the job over Dacian Nix, which is great because he should, because Dacian Nix isn't very good. And I think Tyshawn, I want to keep calling him Tyshawn. I'm thinking of Tyshawn Alexander. Ty Ty has got some upside for deeper leagues. So seeing how he fits in, will they actually let him run the team? They've started Dacian Nix, again, insane. And now they don't have a point guard and they're running Jay Sean Tate there. Maybe they should try Washington. They won't, but I want to see it. For the Thunder, will they play Dario Saric? He was available last game. He didn't play. Where does he fit into the mix with Aaron Wiggins, with uh, Eugene Amarui, with Pig Williams, with Kenrich Williams, with Jeremiah Robinson Earl? Can he carve out 25 minutes? Because if he can, then he's worth looking at. I also want to watch Lou Dort, who started, but was pretty bad. Will he get back to his usual minutes after coming back from his hamstring injury? Does that matter for anybody? Probably not. Maybe for 12-team points leagues, but his production's been pretty poor. Let's see what he is able to deliver to us in this contest. Jazz and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are seven-point favorites here. Micah Potter is out. Steven Adams is out. No one is currently listed questionable in this game. So for Utah, I want to watch Talon Horton Tucker, who'd played 24, 27, 27 minutes after the trade, and then 19 on Monday, throwing a complete spanner into the works in terms of evaluating where he is. If you added him, hold him, because the assists are really valuable. But that playing time and how that translates across to guys like Gay and Fontecchio and, of course, Osha Agbaji, who played 29 minutes for nothing last game, we want to watch that. So we do want to watch Agbaji, who his minutes went the other direction. 24, 19, 19, 29. Now, he's nowhere near a 12-team league guy, even in 29 minutes. But how the minutes play out between him and Horton Tucker is key. For Memphis, I want to see where they play Luke Kennard. Do they continue to play him over John Conchar? Kennard played 22 minutes in his first game for the um, Grizzlies. Where does that fit in? With this team, they really reduced Tyus Jones and played him only when Jar was off the court. No crossover minutes with Canard there. Is that something they continue with? And then watching the pattern between Xavier, Xavier T. Ilman, sorry, and Brandon Clark. Clark got 23 minutes last game. 
He hasn't got over 25 minutes since the 27th of January. He's very hard to look at as a 12-team league guy. He can be streamed. Tillman can be streamed, but I don't think either of them are must-roster players. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bilpa. The holidays are over. We're all back in the swing of things, and we probably sometimes overeat things that are nice, and that is candy bars. Let's be honest. Bilt Bar is going to be honest with you as well. They'll tell you they're delicious, but who wants to ingest all those extra calories when you could ingest something just as delicious, but do it with high protein? That's what Bilt Bar brings. 17 grams of protein, 130 um, calories in a bar, like really low sugar, low fat as well, and the taste is unbelievable. You've got so many great flavors of Bilt Bar that you are bound to find the one that you love. And now, instead of just looking at them, on a website, built.com, which you can still do, of course. You can now just stroll straight into a Walmart, go down to the pharmacy section, and they're there on the shelf, four bar boxes of Built Bars in cookies and cream flavor, in coconut puff flavor. And what's the other one they have in... Oh, yeah, it's um, double chocolate they've got in Walmart. Or if you go to Sam's Club, you can get the big ones, the 13-bar box, and you're probably going to want those, I reckon. Get them in churro flavor or in brownie batter flavor at Sam's Club. So go to built.com, go to Walmart, go to Sam's Club, and get your boxes of Built Bar. Built Bar is built... Different. Mavs and Nuggets is the next game we want to look at. Timmy Hardaway with the hamstring. We're expecting that he is going to be out. Muxy Kleber will be out with his hamstring. Muxy Kleber with his hamstring. Um, and Davis Bertans is out with his calf issue there. Justin Holiday, will he be available? Eh, we'll see about that one. Well, for the Nuggets... All these guys are still questionable. Jamal Murray with his knee, Aaron Gordon with his rib, um, Zeke Naji with his shoulder. You've got Reggie Jackson, who's also potentially arriving and available to play as well. On the Mavs, it's about Josh Green to me. Good, 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 bad has been his last few games. So where does it really fit? What's his usage look like? How does the shooting sustain? What do his minutes look like? Now, with Hardaway out, he's going to get a really strong boost. But can he maintain 12-team value? We'll get another piece of evidence there. And then Christian Wood's minutes. 19, 17, 12, 16. And then last game, 24 points in 23 minutes. Really, really good. But will that continue? I don't know. I don't, I'm not convinced. I think his defense is poor and kid hates it. So he won't play him. Is Wood a drop? Not yet. Not yet. For the Nuggets, I want to watch Vlaco Chanchar. Mainly if Aaron Gordon's out. Chanchar is a streamable option if Gordon is out, but I don't know that he's going to be. But can Chanchar find himself as a rotation player ahead of like a Jeff Green, even if Gordon is um, even if Gordon is playing? That's something I think we need to pay attention to. And then Tom Bryant, whose first game for the Nuggets barely played, but played 14 off the bench last game. Obviously, this is just deeper league stuff. But he's got an ability to score. We know that. And that can help in deeper formats. So watching his role, how that ties in with Green and with the, the other guys who play small ball center, so Chanchar as well, and how that impacts Thomas Bryant, I think is something that is important for deeper league players to pay attention to. Pelicans and Lakers. No spread at this point. We heard that LeBron is likely to play, but I'm listing him questionable for now. CJ McCollum missed the last game for the Pelicans, so he's questionable while Zion and Dyson Daniels are both out. For the Pelicans' last game, it was first game for Josh Richardson, and he dominated. 30 minutes, but I'd be putting a level of caution on that. 34 minutes he had there. Five steals, two blocks. Really, really good. But CJ did not play, and Herb Jones played 24 minutes. So unless you think those two things are going to continue to happen... I find it really hard to look at Richardson as a must-roster player. Sure, everyone is going to add him, and they're going to stream him in, and they're going to love what he brought last game. But, of course, you don't get that from last game, do you? You don't get retroactive value. How he looks is very intriguing. Also, Larry Nance, who I do think is a drop. He played 27 minutes two games ago, but 21 last game. And I just think with Zion out, 
The value is not going to be there every night, making him a stream guy and not a must-roster player. For the Lakers, if are they actually going to persist with this nonsense lineup of Schroeder and Russell together even when LeBron returns? Because that means that most likely Malik Beasley comes off the bench. And what does that mean for him? Now, Beasley was great last game, but played only 21 minutes and hit like a lot of garbage time threes. I don't really trust him as a 12-team league player, but watching his role, as well as Jared Vanderbilt's, is interesting. I don't even know that Vanderbilt's a must-roster player because there are just too many guys here who are going to cut into that playing time, and the combination of him and Davis, I'm not sure, really works that well, meaning that he's probably going to be limited a little bit to play those energy bench unit minutes, like 21, 22 minutes a night, and I'm not sure that's enough to be a 12-team league player. But hopefully LeBron plays, and we get a better understanding of where Malik and Jared fit into this rotation. For back-to-backs, it's only the Bulls. So Wednesday, Thursday, it's only Chicago who's got that back-to-back. If we stream in for Wednesday, quite a few options we can look at. Josh Green is there. You've got Zach Collins, who's a must-roster player to me. Um, You've got Killian Hayes, Xavier Tillman, Patrick Williams, Isaiah Hartenstein, although the minutes with him and Sims are a little bit iffy. Larry Nance could be streamed, and Grant Williams, especially as we expect, if Horford and Williams, or at least one of those blokes, is going to be out. You could throw Mike Muscala into that mix as well, and Sammy Howes is a pretty good streamer too. For deeper leagues, we've got Big Dick Nick Richards, we've got Jericho Sims, Aaron Neesmith, Ricky Rubio, Isaiah Joe, Jay Sean Tate, Andre Drummond, and Isaac Okoro. All of those guys are available in over 90% of leagues. And for points leagues... We've got Mark Williams, Killian Hayes, Zach Collins. These guys are all available in 40% plus. Tillman, KJ Martin, Isaiah Stewart, Josh Green, and Kelly Olenek. Now, a lot of those guys are must-roster players to me, but they are still available in a lot of different spots. If we look at the next four days, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Thursday, Friday, the week after, there's only one high-volume day, and that is Wednesday, so tomorrow. Every other day is streamable. So who are the guys that we can take advantage of here? Well, there's no one that plays the three games there. So these are all options with the value on the low volume days. Dan Gafford with two. Every one of these guys has two. Jaden McDaniels, Kavon Looney, Tori Craig, the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, Kyle Anderson, Grayson Allen, and Monte Morris. Two games on low volume nights in the next four days. If we look at just players who I think have got great value over the next four days in general, Mark Williams, got to be rostered, um, available in 40% of leagues. He's got to be rostered. Doesn't matter the schedule, got to be rostered. Dan Gafford's got two. Alinea's got two. Zach Collins, two. They're, those top four are all must-roster players. Then we get down to Josh Green and Killian Hayes, who I think are top 100 over the next four days per game, but I'm a little iffy on both of them. And then you've got the schedule stream, guys. Patrick Williams, three games in the next four nights, worth a look. Isaac Okoro. Three games in four nights worth a look. It's the Cavs, it's the Bulls, and it's the Thunder who have three games in four nights. If Alex Caruso is healthy, he might be worth it, but I doubt he plays the back-to-back with the with the uh, foot issue, making those three games turn into two and then not as useful. But you've got those three teams playing three games in the next four nights. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.